Broken Metatarsal. My name is Rich Williams, and here we go with Series 3, Episode 3 of our podcast from Planet Football, where we celebrate everything that Naughty's football had to offer. Joining us today, Planet Football editor and lead supporting Rob Conlon is back on the podcast. Rob, welcome. Hello there. It's good to be back. I was going to say how nice it is just to see three new people, but I saw you the other day, so I'm a bit sick of you already, to be honest. You're all right. I don't be like that. That's... I was going to say how much we've been inundated with uh, emails asking when you're going to be back on the podcast, Rob. <laughs> I know. I've got the email folder. I know that's a lie. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get through them all. Uh, also, the Stoke supporting previous Planet Football editor, usurped by one Rob Conlon, it's Mark Holmes. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> You sold it in a slightly different way there, but <laughs> yeah, hello. I heard it was a coup, a military coup that got rid of you. Yeah, you got a bit of an army together, and yeah. Uh, and also, Manchester United supporting comedian Danny McLaughlin. Uh, Danny, welcome back to the podcast. First time for Series Three, mate. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's uh, good, good to see to you. Be I was having a look through your tweets the other day, um, oh, and no. you tweeted that Edgar Hill is the best view in Chester. Yeah. So. When I saw that, I thought, I'm going to Google this. And when I went to Google Edgar Hill Chester, it doesn't exist. No, it's um, Edgar's Field, the hill in there. It's more of a colloquialism. We call it, <laughs> we call it Edgar Hill, but really it's Edgar Field. Well, I will re-Google and go and have yeah. a look at the view for myself. Just before we get going, uh, lots of feedback from the Danny Mills podcast that we did, which if you haven't heard it yet, is well worth a listen. Talking about all sorts of stuff from David Beckham's pre-World Cup party uh, when uh, Danny Mills was sat on a table next to Steps, uh, of, all, of all people, uh, to lots more as well. I did get a text from Danny Mills, which made us all laugh a little bit this week as well, which Danny, you won't have seen, but Danny did uh, a bit of a story about, about Stoke, which, Holmesy, maybe you can recap, because that's your neck of the woods. I love how Rich dug me out for this, to say, no, that was off air, and now you're bringing it back up again and revealing a text you're about to. But basically, it was, um, he was just telling a story about when he was a kid at Norwich, and Lou McCarry wanted to sign him for Stoke. He went down to the training ground, did all his laps and whatever. He was going to sign, but there's this rule in place where you have to live within five miles of the training ground. So Danny Mills thought, final, I've got to look around. Did his due diligence and thought, you know what, I don't fancy this. And stayed at Norwich. But then right at the end, he was telling the story about where he grew up. And I thought, you know what? That doesn't sound that great, mate. How fucking bad has Stoke got to be? For you to, so- to give up the garage block, as he referred to it as. Before I sort of like we released that on the podcast, I thought I'd better just text Danny and just check he's all right with me putting that in there. Because, you know, it, it was kind of a little bit before the interview, before we hit record. <laughs> so I messaged him saying, Danny, you know, like that story you told about Stoke, Mark mentioned it afterwards. Do you mind if we keep it in the podcast? And his response was one sentence. Of course, mate, it's a shithole. So that, there you go. No arguments from Danny Mills either way. And if you want to hear the story in full, then you can do on the uh, previous episode on the podcast. Now, today, uh, we are talking about one of our favorite topics, which is cult heroes. Holmes, maybe just set this up because lots of people have a different view of what a cult hero is. So what are we, what are we going with? Well, it's a kind of worms, mate. It's been arguments in the office all week. Well, not in the office, but the, the metaphorical office. So I said a cult hero can't be good. And Rob and producer Pete both kicked off. You can, be, you, can be, you can be good, of course you can. Every player on the list that we've got today played in the Premier League, they're obviously good. But, you know, Frank Lampard isn't a cult hero. Great player, but, you know, he's just a bit beige. And he, he, you've got to have something more about you. Cristiano Ronaldo, amazing player, can't be a cult hero. They're just loved because they were amazing players. I don't think you can be the cult hero if, you, if you're the best player or one of the very best players. For me, it's someone you remember fondly for something apart from what they did on the pitch. Or apart from what they did with the ball, at least. So I take David Batty. You guys go on about him all the time. Great player. Don't get me wrong. But the reason we talk about him now isn't because he was good at football. It's because he's fucking riding around on a motorbike, living in a caravan, moaning about our football shit or whatever. That's what makes him a, a cult hero. So you can be good. You just can't be the best. You can be shit, but do it in style. I'm thinking <laughs> Timothy Atuba for, for Spurs with his step-overs coming out of his own box, coach turns, all that sort of stuff. Then... These players who were ama- absolutely amazing, but for like six games. So they're cult heroes, and, and then they're never seen again or the completely average rest of the career. It might be someone who, who was bang average, but he had one trick. Charlie Adams for Stoke, every single week, tried to lob the keeper from the halfway line, cult hero. So there's loads <laughs> of ways you can be a cult hero. And we've had some great suggestions on Twitter, but I am quite strict on who we can consider. And I, and I am actually willing to fight to the death um, about Pete's suggestion. He's on the call. He might want to defend himself. 
Leon Osman, not a cult hero. And he's Rambert not a cult Jeff, hero. Yeah. What makes Leon Osman a cult hero? Just, just a good player, wasn't he? Well, that's, but that's, I think the thing, Danny, let me ask you on this as well. I think there are certain types of players. There are players you remember because they were amazing. You are players they remember because they were terrible. And then there were players that, like Mark said, did something that made you remember them. And the rest of the players almost get forgotten. So it's that third category, isn't it? I think the Osman one, just going back to that, is probably because, is it longevity? Does that make you a cult hero? The fact that you can just stick around and be, like, be there, but be so average, like... Maybe that's maybe what, that's what, what it is. That, like the, the what I mean, that for Gary Kelly, he wasn't average, but he was there for a long time. I'm not having that. And for me, you're not a cult hero just by being there. Tony Hibbert, maybe you know, being there and never scoring—that's something. But you know, Gary Kelly, he was just there, wasn't he? Good player, <laughs> some good teams. But not a cult hero. I'm not having that, Danny. Oh, I'm just trying to just trying think... to justify. It. I'm trying to think because like <laughs> Fletcher at United could be a cult hero, but he, and he was just he was all right. But because he was there, for, I suppose he did come back from diverticulitis, which maybe... I was going to say that. Maybe Al. adds it. Um, another another whether... one as well is if you've got a chant. I don't know if well, there was any good chants about, about Fletcher. I made one up and tried to sing it in the East Stand to the tune <laughs> of the Manchester Calypso, and it just didn't catch on. It was um, Fletcher's bowels, diverticulitis. He's been out for several months. He returned to delighters. He scored a goal, I think it was against QPR. Didn't catch on. <laughs> Danny, I can't imagine why all four sides of the ground weren't singing that within minutes. It's so catchy. <laughs> I think any chant with the word bowels in should instantly catch on. <laughs> well, well, I should mention as well, we've got a return of Football Facts or Football Fiction, a cult hero special, which will be coming up. And before we get into uh, the main nitty gritty, this just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and take advantage of their seven-day £500 money-back guarantee. T's and C's available online. And if you get a moment, check out begambleaware.co.uk. Um, in a moment, I'm going to um, give you some clues to see if you can work out the cult heroes that I'm describing. But before we get into that, maybe you'd all like to just throw into the mix uh, a cult hero of your own. Holmes has been very vocal so far, so I think we'll go to Rob for your first suggestion of a brilliant cult hero. Judging by the two categories that he kind of pulled up about someone kind of being a little bit calamitous and funny and also the opposite side of that is someone who was, you know, really brilliant for a short space of time. I think this guy kind of struggles them both a little bit. So I was picking out, I was thinking back to the 2000s and Benjani for some reason straight away came to mind. And I think, you know, it's all about time and place sometimes. And I think starting off in a, as a Harry Redknapp January transfer signing is, is a good place to start for a cult <laughs> hero. And I think if you, if you look back at that January he arrived at Portsmouth, it's a classic Harry Redknapp January as well. So he signed four players from Tottenham, obviously, which, you know, it's just stretch, stands out as very, very Redknapp, even though he's not, he not uh, managed them by that point. Um, and then at the end of the window, another guy who could have got into this podcast, really, Andres D'Alessandro randomly rocked up, which, again, is a proper cult hero signing. Yeah. But Ben Gianni kind of, as I say, started off as this kind of comedy figure, which endeared him to a lot of the Portsmouth fans in that they were mounting this great escape from relegation. But, and he was leading the line and working so hard, but he just couldn't score. He went 14 games without scoring, and it's, it became a bit of a running joke, I guess. But there's something lovely about being a fan and seeing, a, seeing one of your players struggle, but also seeing all the fan base just kind of get behind him, which... I don't know if that would happen as much these days with social media. So it, it feels a little bit nostalgic in that sense. But Benjani finally scored in his 15th game for the Portsmouth. And it just so happened to be in the game that actually kept them up and confirmed the great, relega uh, the great escape. Sorry, the great relegation would be very different. Um, <laughs> That's <Derby>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but then the, the best thing about Benjani, I think this is what really cements him as a cult hero, is that the following season, he actually turned out to be brilliant all of a sudden. He just suddenly became this brilliant Premier League striker and he was top scorer by October. And eventually then he's moved to Manchester City, which in itself just adds, it kind of goes back to the calamity and the comedy character then. Because on the day he joined Man City, he was meant to join on transfer deadline day, but he missed two flights to Manchester because he took a nap in the airport and missed his first flight. And then the next one was cancelled. But even that, like Portsmouth, who probably needed the money by that point, couldn't help but feel quite fond of him. And there's a, there's a quote from their chief exec, Peter Storr, and he said, in his own inevitable, wonderful way, and we all love Benji so much, he falls asleep at the airport and misses two planes. So even then, they've got a soft spot for him. And if you look ahead to his Man City career, which I could probably only tell you one thing about his Man City career, and that's that he scored yeah. in his debut against Man United in the derby at Old Trafford. Sorry, Danny, to um, 
bring up some bad memories here. But yeah. <laughs> again, that's just like, you can't write that any better. And he just kind of disappeared a little bit after that. He actually returned to Portsmouth, which I forgot completely about. He had spells at Sunderland, Blackburn. He ended up playing in South Africa. I think if any of you can tell me anything about any of those spells, I'd doff my cap <laughs> to you, really. But it only makes me love him even more that he just kind of disappeared again. I'm going to guess that... at the Kaiser Chiefs or Orlando Pirates, my two guesses. Do you know what? It wasn't, and I'd not, I'd not heard of either of them, which again just makes it even better. Don't know about you, but if I've got something on even the next morning, I have a rubbish <laughs> night's sleep because I'm panicking or I'm going to miss my alarm. He's managed to miss two for how deep does he sleep? <laughs> he actually made his move after the transfer window had closed. It was like FIFA just going, oh, go on, he's Benjani, it's fine, we'll let him <laughs> off. It means no harm, let him go. His two African teams were Chipper United and Bidvest Wilts. Great sides. Love Bidvest Wilts, always been a big <laughs> fan of their work. Um, his goal against United, wasn't it the one where it was like the Munich memorial yeah. thing as well, where like, they had those cool kits on and United yeah. had to win? Like, the yeah. Beat by City and Benjani was just like, no, we had so Ronaldo United, and everything. We had a great side. The United players were wearing 1 to 11 that day, I seem to remember. So you looked absolutely brilliant. As yeah, no sponsors or anything. Yeah, it looked fantastic, but you just, you know, Benjani just completely came and ruined it. <laughs> I love that. I don't, I don't know if they do, probably not now because they're actually quite good. But for most clubs, Benjani would be the sort of player that would get sung about even now by Man City fans just for that goal. A bit like Forlan. Yeah, United. yeah, yeah made the Scousers cry and all that. That one game, and then if a champ follows it, that's it. Cult era cemented. He was nearly on my list for Alan. Too good elsewhere, I think. That would have got slammed down by Holmesy for no, being I too would, good I a player. Would, no, I no you're it. definitely a cult hero if you take your top off and can't put it back on again. Yeah. That is like cult hero <laughs> status right there. Uh, Danny, who have you got? Uh, my, my first one, my favourite one, is, uh, I know, like... You said he can't be good in that, but there's there's an argument whether he was actually good. I think he might be the best player ever, or the sorry, the worst player ever to win the World Cup and the Euros and a Premier League. And I've gone, I've gone with Fabian Barthez. I still don't know whether he was good. Now, twenty years after he, or nearly twenty years after he signed for United, like sometimes he'd look amazing. I remember that save against Liverpool where he, I think it was Haman smashed it, top bins, and he's got a cross and tipped it over. It might have, I think that's who it was. But he was like absolute class. And then he'd just do these pure nonsenses, like the Diego Tristan thing. I don't know if you remember that against Deportivo, where he just yeah. come out and like give him the ball. And then he passed it to Henri, and people were convinced that he like owed Henri money from international duty, so he had to <laughs> give him a goal. Uh, and there's loads of really, like, I don't know, it's... The thing is, everyone loves those players in your team. You know, the ones where you're like, oh, and he's, oh, he's obviously a character. But not in goal. Like, not <laughs> when it's... Like, the, the, the left-back you bring on to close the gate, or, like, when you're 4-1 up against Colchester to do a few little step-overs or whatever and try and rinse someone. Maybe that's cool. Uh-huh. But, like, in the FA Cup against West Ham, when Di Canio's through and he just tries to pretend, like, Darren Brown him that he's offside, <laughs> like, by putting his, putting his hand up... Um, yeah, loads of them. Like, the, although I think he did a similar one against Muzzy, is it? Like when Muzzy had a penalty and uh, Bartes was doing, so he just stood by the side of the goal with his arms folded for ages. I think I remember, and and is it ended up missing it? So sometimes it sometimes it did work out. He played a game outfield as well, didn't he, Rob? As a friendly. Yeah, we, was he playing on the right wing or something like that? In a pre-season friendly, yeah, but again, that, against, that's brilliant, isn't it? Against Celtic, I think, wasn't it? Or something. Maybe that's like maybe that's so they could let him get his his tricky stepovers out the way. Have a game doing that out your system, and then you go back in goal. I imagine he would have been described a lot of the time in the press as the madcap keeper. So that yes. alone makes it. What I used to love about him is he seemed to have like some sort of hold over Fergie that other players didn't have. Like Fergie used to let him smoke. He could, he could smoke apparently <laughs> Bartes, and he just used Fergie knew, and he used to let him fly back to Paris to see his missus, who I think was Linda Evangelista at the time, like supermodel. And he just used to do what he wanted. And it's weird that with Fergie, because obviously like he used to take no, no shit, but like with certain players, and I think the main reason he's a cult hero is whenever I see a keeper in the short sleeves, I'm yeah. into it. Yeah. Remember that silver top? I had it. And when we used to play volleys and heads and it was whoever's time to go and goal, <laughs> they used to wear the, but have you got the bar tail? Oh, it's in the net. <laughs> That's what we used and to do. And he used to get his head kissed every game by Blanc. I was just, 
Yeah, I was just about to say that. Does that explain why Fergie just likes to hang around? He just, every now and again, he's just giving a little peck on that head. <laughs> Holmesy, who have you got for us? Well, I'm breaking some of my own rules here because this player <laughs> played well into the, not Not the cult hero rules, but my, just my, my day-to-day life rules because he played well into the 2010s. But just to prove, I will, I will pick a good player, Colo Torre. Brilliant defender. You know, one of the best Premier League bargains of all time. Part of the event was all that. Yada, yada, yada. We don't care about that. What a character. Like, I defy anyone, no matter who you support, to watch an interview with Cola Torre and not smile. Just always happy, always... I, I, I love the man, to be honest with you. If you've never seen it, watch the interview. And like I said, this is in 2010, after he joined Salta. It's a rubbish question. But one of the, the local press asked him, what's the favourite song that he's had sung about by the fans? Obviously thinking he's going to do the Cola Cola thing. And then he, he misunderstands. And then he says, well, don't laugh, but I like Whitney Houston. <laughs> then, then he ends up doing the Cola Cola chat with all the moves and stuff, which, again, like I say, we've got a great chant, reason to love him. There's that, that ridiculous handball he got away with against Rooney, against United. So all that. But if you've never heard it, there's a story Ray Parler tells about him about his trial, very first training session with Arsenal, and that alone will be enough for me, cult hero. Obviously, trying to impress, Wenger's there, and this is peak Arsenal, you know, Bergkamp, Armour, all, all the heroes. First tackle comes in from behind, two foots on me. Parler, when you hear me, says straight red, if that's the match, straight red, he's off. Wenger just comes in, whoa, 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 no, no tackling, no tackling, stay on your feet, okay, boss, okay, boss. Next minute, ball into Bergkamp, same again, two foots in from behind. <laughs> Two minutes, literally, this trial has taken out the best players and all of that. Thinking, what, what, what's going on? Who's this guy? Is he some sort of? Is he a plant to take us out? Wenger again, no tackling, no tackling, stay on your feet. Sorry, boss. Sorry, boss. Next minute, he goes in for another tackle. And the ball flies. He, he wins it cleanly, but the ball flies up in the air, and it's landing. Wenger's in the in the centre circle, just orchestrating things. And you see this ball, and it's just going towards him. Torre straight in, and he two foots Wenger and takes him out. <laughs> so he's done the two best players and the gaffer and the, all, the, all the players think, well, that's him, he's never signing. Ray Parler said he went into the treatment room after seeing Wenger there, he's got an ice pack on, his, his ankle's all swollen up and he said, you know, boss, I, I don't think he's meant it, he's a good guy. And Wenger says, no, no, I know he didn't mean it, I like his desire, we'll sign him tomorrow. And that's it, we signed him, <laughs> legend. Are we going to mention the story about his affair? Well, we don't talk about that. That is a fantastic story, though, let's face it. Go on, then. So, so, I don't know if this is an apocryphal tale or not, but it appeared in a in a tabloid newspaper, so possibly. But, yeah, supposedly he was having an affair for quite a while, and he, he told this girl he was having an affair with that he was a, a car salesman, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. As far as I can remember. And it, it went on for quite a while until a friend of this girl sort of took her to one side and was like, you, you do know he plays for Arsenal, right? He's not, I don't think he sells cars in his spare time. And um, there's a very strange photo with the um, story, which I don't know if it's real or fake or it was sold to them or what, but it's sort of a, a very startled Colo Torre emerging from a shower curtain looking very confused. Yeah, that's a great meme, that. It is worth digging out if you've not seen it before, I'd say. He is the meme master. He's got that, you, you do not need to be upset meme yeah. and he's also uh, the reason he's a cult hero for me is um, he's the best worst face on Pro Evo <laughs> Pro Evo's have you seen <laughs> yeah, it that, yeah. it's meant to be him and it just <laughs> I don't know what it's like looks like the soul glow guy from uh, coming to America it's ridiculous <laughs> it's really bad or oh, plenty of reasons to love the bloke you had me at Whitney Houston to be fair so um... yeah it's great. it's great interview have a look at it it's funny uh, Danny who else have you got for us thing is with this I don't I know I'm probably it's not ideal but I don't know loads about this guy and that's sort of what makes Perfect. it a little bit of a cool hero it's, it's Stig Tofting right from Bolton and he only played 14 games for Bolton but he was a cult hero long before he signed for Bolton the reason it got cemented is because like I think it was World Cup 98 I was about 15 and me and my mates used to just like get together and watch the games. And we saw this guy play for Denmark and he looked like a bouncer. And we were like, mate, have you seen him? He can't be a footballer. Him. Look at the size of him. I bet he batters everyone in. And like, it turns out he does. He does batter everyone. That's, that's literally what he did. Like, I just remember the image seeing of it and he's like bursting out of his top. They couldn't even get him a top that fit. And he just looked, he looked like a boss from like Streets of Rage. 
all his muscles in his neck and he was just horrible. And I was like, he can't be a football player. So then we just forgot about him. And then like three years later, he signed for Bolton and we were like, oh, the, 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 the swole on signed for Bolton. <laughs> and from then I just had a little look about him to see what, what he got up to. And like, yeah, he, he butted someone. He'd be, he'd, at Bolton, he had he had more prison sentences than goals, which is impressive. Uh, he went to China and got kicked out of there because he was fighting someone at the team Christmas lunch. Like, I just think that's what you need. And it, I think it's more says more about Bolton at the time because I think that Bolton team probably had the most cult heroes yeah. like ever. It was like a team made up of cult. There was like Ivan Campo, a cotcher who was a cult hero for a totally different reason. They had the Leon Osman type cult hero, um, Ricardo the Gardner. The, the one who just was like, all right, forever. Ricardo Gardner was there for years at left yeah, back. Yeah. Just, just a solid player. Great left he, peg, great free kick taker. He was like the Osman. And then they signed like a Nelka, who was a cult hero of it. Like, like, they just had loads. Like it, I think with Tofting as well, Chiero. another reason why he can be a cult, uh, a cult hero is just having a good name. Peggy Offexhead was one for me. He used to love him. He never, yeah. never played, but he's got a great name. Yeah, <laughs> and I always love a player who uh, the commentators aren't quite sure how to pronounce their surname, and depending on how like exuberant which exuberant commentator you had, so it was either like Stig Tofting or occasionally you had like Stig Tofting. <laughs> like, you know, you get them ones that try and do it properly. I don't think anyone spent as much time thinking about Stig Tofting as anyone than you, Danny. <laughs> Just I still, you know what? Every now and again, I still think about him. It's a shame you don't get like these unhinged characters as much anymore. With a lot of these, I'm trying, like Roy Keane was one where I just look at him every time I see him now, even as a pundit, and I always just think like, what must Christmas Day be like with you? It just, <laughs> it just sounds horrendous. But, and I can't, a lot of these guys that we bring up, I'm trying to think of like modern equivalents, and I just don't know if they exist in the same way anymore. I think it's true when you look at like cult heroes, you were saying like little things like, you know, name, you know, Ivan Campo as well as a player, hair, you know, just little yeah. things like that. But also for me, a player that looks like they're on the verge of a fight at any moment. I think you're right. It's like, um, I imagine it's like how rock bands talk about like bands now where they're like, oh, they used to all be like mad and throwing stuff out of hotels and that. And now they're all bland. And I think that's what it's like with the cult, the cult heroes, uh, section now in the in the Premier League there is there doesn't seem to be a lot Rob who else have you got for us so I'm obviously going to mention a Leeds player let's not kid ourselves here um so I, I suppose with it being the Naughties podcast I could have gone back to the Champions League run but I think that'd be a bit disingenuous I thought we'd go for the time when we were really really shit and starting in the third tier of English football for the very first time on minus 15 points and that very same day uh, that we we got docked 15 points. Uh, we signed a guy called Andy Hughes. Now, I mentioned him in our WhatsApp group, which I've finally unmuted. And Mark, your only uh, response to the name Andy Hughes is that, well, you can tell me what you know about Andy Hughes, basically. Well, nothing. You said the name and I said, oh, is he a bit of a hatchet man? Beyond that, I couldn't have told you anything. I don't even know if that's right, was he? I guess, well, it wouldn't shirk a challenge, let's put it that way. But I think when you're in League One, you've generally got a lot of hard players anyway. So I don't think he was yeah, ever the hardest true. guy in Leeds. He would never proclaim himself to be particularly talented, I'd say, but he got the most out of his, um, his abilities. So as I say, he joined us on the day that we were docked minus 15 points and like the, the future of the club was in doubt, I guess. Um, and a couple of days later, he, he played in a win at Tramia Rovers, uh, 2-1, very, very late goal. I was uh, Richard, there. Yeah, I was going to say, Richard, I, I think we've chatted about this game before, haven't you? you were yeah, I mean, I've just, I always mention that when, when Leeds ended up in League One, like, you know, you're going into League One. It was only when I got to Prenton Park and I went for a piss and the toilets are an outside wall that I, <laughs> with, no, with no roof when I just looked up to the heavens and thought, shit, we've really arrived here in League One, haven't we? It was that, it was that game. It was great. Oh, we had a good day out there. It was a good win. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of charm about pissing against the wall, I'll be honest with you. But I, I think that day was kind of a, a real moment that we're all in this together. And that was when, the, the, again, you go back to a song and that was the, song when, the day the song started of, 15 points, who gives a fuck, we're super leads and we're going up. And that was what Hughes was signed to do, was to take leads up. But we failed, basically, in his first two seasons. We lost, typically, in the playoffs both years. Comes to his third season, and, we, and he's like a right-footed central midfielder playing left-back, just filling in, basically. And he turned out to be brilliant, because he just works really hard, tries really hard, gets the best out of himself. He was absolutely brilliant when we won at Old Trafford. So he only ever scored one goal for Leeds, which again adds to the cult status. 
and it just so happened to be in a win at Millwall, which is a, a rare occasion and uh, always tastes quite sweetly, let's say. And you see him on the day after we secure promotion against Bristol Rowers. Again, he's the one leading uh, the celebrations. And we actually, we've got a big oral history on that game on the site. Uh, and he was one of the guys we spoke to. And he tells a great story about that day. So the image of our promotion from League One is Andy Hughes chaired aloft by the fans with his shirt off, beating his hairy chest. But he actually told us that he was trying to run to the back of the cop, which is kind of ridiculous. But he just, the final whistle went and he says, I just set off for the back of the cop. And the only reason I didn't get that was because the fans stopped me. Why did he do that to celebrate? Was it like a nearest exit mentality? <laughs> yeah, well, I think if you ask the Bristol Rovers players that day, yeah, that's what they'd have gone for. But he, he just wanted to be a fan, basically. He, he just became a fan. Danny, did you enjoy the, uh, the little verbal history there of Leeds in League One? Sounds a bit of a brown noser to me, that guy. <laughs> it's like one of them players that aren't playing well, so they go and stand in the away end to watch a game. You know, oh, mate. That's, that's another way to... to get... culture, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's manufactured. The, yeah, that, that's what Marcus Rojo used to do. You know, that's how that's I think that's the easiest way to get it is it go and watch a, an away game with the fans. I'll have to direct you to January the third again, mate. Watch that back. I'm supposed to be sort of a bit impartial here, but Rob's got a point. Um, Mark, have you got one for us before we uh, we move on to a bit of a guessing game? See if you can work out who the cult figures are. Yeah, so from a serious pro, as Rob described, and someone completely different. Again, a very, very good player. And I've not gone for a Stoke player. I've tried to come up with players who were, who were cult heroes to a lot of people, really, not just the clubs he played for. I think a lot of people would think this guy's a bit of a knob as well, to be honest. I, th- I can imagine Rob thinks he's a bit of a lad, lad, lad. But um, I love the bloke even now, Jimmy Bullard. Occasionally, if I'm having a bad day, I might just go and stick on that um, wash and go advert he did just to cheer myself up. It's absolutely <laughs> genius. Like, someone who knows how to take the piss out of himself is always going to be on my side and it's absolutely fucking brilliant. I watched it the other day just to remind myself, amazing. But like the hair, the way he looked, like he was a scruffy bastard. And the way he played as well was part of it because he's like a Poundland gazer. He was mint, but obviously he wasn't consistently mint. He's a brilliant gift of him. Big daft grin in Duncan Ferguson, fucking Duncan Ferguson, big Duncan Ferguson's face after he's just been sent off and he's just looking up at him like smirking, thinking what's going on here. And then it's like the walk on he did with Sky when he's pulling the shorts up to his midriff. Uh, the celebration, obviously, against Man City when he's taking the piss out of Phil Brown. Um, we had a piece on him on the site, and, and it was a great quote from the writer who said, he treated football with the seriousness it deserved. And that's it for me. Like, at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of lads kicking the ball about, and, and he got that. He understood that, and I loved him for it. I thought he was ace. You can have that one, 100%. As we said, yeah. extra added element of uh, hairstyle to be thrown yeah. in as well, which always helps. <laughs> and he loves yeah, fishing. Definitely. Don't he? He's a carp. He's a keen carp fisherman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, uh, uh, does help. Who is it? Who is the uh, one of the top German players who, who who's banging to the snooker? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think that's um, one of the darts. No, he's the Italian guy, Stefan Al El Shirawi, the, the old Milan player. That's uh, it, yeah. Randomly rocked he, up at the Crucible. Didn't Crucible, he? yeah. He's into the snooker, and then you've got Van der Vaart into the darts. Love all that. Okay, I've got a, a list of some cult heroes and I'm going to um, describe them to you by giving you various clues uh, to see if you can work out who the cult hero is uh, in what can only be described as uh, a very sort of cheap game show format. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where we'd now have some cheesy music and go into it. But let's see if we can do this, okay? These are cult heroes. These are uh, suggestions that have come from various places. So see, I think they're all cult heroes, but see what you think. All right, our first cult hero on Who Am I? is uh, a striker best known for his stints at three Yorkshire clubs. You win that. I mean, this is going to be a fucking shit game, isn't it? If you, <laughs> if you get it. If, you know, just at least hold back a bit. Yeah? Do you know what? I've got another five clues here and I'm totally wasting my time writing them. I... I... I once had a wee next to Dean Windass in Weatherspoons in Leeds train station. <laughs> and I really like Dean Windass. I love his videos. Yeah, every day on Twitter. But he didn't wash his hands, I'll tell you that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> of course he didn't. didn't. It was about 10 years ago, so there was no like, COVID or anything to worry about. But still, come on. Uh, didn't Dean Windass injure himself taking his bag out the car and then couldn't play in the game on a match day? 
Probably a body in it though. No window. <laughs> it's well scary. <laughs> we we had a piece recently actually on it on the day he got sent off three times in the same game. I think playing for Aberdeen, where I think he got sent off for a, a nasty tackle and then basically t- screamed "fuck off" at the referee. Uh, and got another red, red card, which I don't really know how that works. The, the then, third one was for um, kicking the corner flag on his yes. way off for violent <laughs> conduct, yeah. I went to a, like a, a charity do where Dean Windass was doing the after-dinner speaking, and uh, he mentioned about that he's the only player to be sent off three times in a game, which is quite an accolade in itself. He was talking about how when he first started on um, Soccer Saturday, Jeff Stelling had rung him up and said, you know, Dean, do you want to do, do a game? Do you want to try it out, do a game? Dean was like, oh yeah, Jeff, I'd absolutely love to go and do with game. That'll be absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Just let me know, you know, where I need to be. He says, I'll be in touch with the details and you get yourself down there and we'll, we'll have you on Soccer Saturday. I think you're going to be great, Dean. Don't, don't worry about it. You're going to be great. And he went to the game. I can't remember which game it was. And he says that he was, it was basically awful. He couldn't remember half the players that were playing. He couldn't keep up with the play. Every huh. time they came to him, he did a bit. And afterwards, he's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm terrible. But not only that, I feel like I've let Jeff down as well. And he got in his car after the game and he's driving home and the phone goes and it comes up. It's, it's Jeff Stelling who's ringing him. And he's thinking, oh God, I'm going to have to apologize for being so terrible. He says, Jeff, before you start, can I just say, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know whether I didn't do enough preparation or I was just a nurse. But I was saying, he hey, Jeff says, Dean, let me just stop you there. Just do that exactly how you did it again next week. <laughs> and he was like... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> he was like, you were perfect, <laughs> you know, and that was his that was his introduction to Soccer Saturday. And uh, yeah, he's he's great on the uh, like you know the after dinner sort of circuit. He's got some excellent stories. That one and definitely the one of these three red cards at Aberdeen, which is uh, yeah quite a story in itself. But are we all agreed he's uh, fits into the category? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they got that. And also, he'll... Stoke as well for. Um... Stopping Rory Delap trying to take a throw in when he was a sub and he's just like warming up in front of him like another. <laughs> <laughs> but also in terms of cult hero, I mean, he also scored like a pivotal goal that got them promoted as well. So it kind of fits into that category. Right, let's move on to our, our second one. Go easy here, Mark. All right. If I know, I'm saying it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Played for Ghent, Ajax, Celta Vigo, Marseille and Roma before winding up in the Premier League. That's why the smirk off your face, isn't it, mate? And we, we enjoy these games when it's like guess the player from the career, but now I'm not... Um, I've got nothing there. His final appearance in English football was for Barnsley, his only game for the club. Ooh. It's Mido, right? Is it? It is Mido. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not know he played for Barnsley. When was that? End of his career, he was there for about, yeah, I think he was injured as well, but only played one game for them, possibly only as a sub, and then that was it. That was, that was the end of it. He was quite large by that point, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fluc- fluctuated, I think, is the word you're looking for. Weirdly enough, when we're in the office, I don't know if, if you've ever played this, Mark, it's been a long, long time, but we sometimes play a game called the Mikel Legitwood game where you just think of a random footballer and then ask, people have got to ask you questions, yes or no questions, and then you've got to guess him. And we actually kicked off another game of this over WhatsApp the other night and Mido was the player that came to my mind and we played and it took him absolutely ages. So he must be a cult hero if he's just randomly appearing into my mind. He's also one of those players that like, look like he could start a fight at any given moment. He's that, like, that kind of player as well. And that, when I was just looking into him a little bit further to you know, get some clues for it and stuff, my favourite bit about it was that when he joined Spurs in 2005, uh, he said, the quote was, he always knew in his heart that he wanted to come back like when he joined them on a permanent deal. And then by the time he left in 2007, he, he was quoted as saying, I knew I'd made a mistake joining on a permanent deal. So are we agreed Mido goes in the list? Yeah. Yeah, I'd go for that. Yeah. And he's one of them players that got dead fat when they finished. I like them. He looks like he's living his best life right yeah, now. Yeah, they just look like, like they, they, they stop and they go, right, yeah, this is, this is the, the actual me that's been yeah. inside trying to get out for ages and now I'm just <laughs> going to let him out. Full to you, Mo Salah. I'm the real Egyptian king sat here with me five burgers, mate. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm plotting it. <laughs> All right, your next one on Who Am I? Uh, signed for a newly promoted Premier League club aged 31 and stayed there until he was 38. Gives hope for us all, right? Yeah, I'm thinking keepers, but maybe not. Not a bad shot, though. Scored, probably not a keeper, (laughs) on his debut in a 7-1 victory over West Ham in 2001. 
think that's Spurs. Go on. I don't Go know. on. No, I can't. I can't, I can't think. Uh, won a League Cup winners medal in 2001, but missed yeah. the final against Tottenham due to injury. Against Tottenham. So not Black. Was it Blackburn? Is that Blackburn? Yeah. Yes. Here we go. Two guy. Ah, uh, yeah. Two guy. Classic. Again, like Mido, just a great name. Just two guy. Just a great yeah. name that is. Two uh, guy yeah. Karamoglu. Give him his proper moniker. Nah, sorry, hi. mate. Sorry. <laughs> That's a championship manager player right there. <laughs> Emre Bellas. Emre Bellasoglu. Yeah. Give the full name. And also one name and hair. So ticks both those yeah, categories yeah, yeah. as well. Excellent he, hair. And one of those players that like Fergie sometimes did the Wenger. Like, you know, Wenger was like, oh, we were going to sign him. Tugay huh. was one of them ones that Fergie was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to have had him. And I think when, when that happens, you know he's a baller. And he's one of those players that like, when you look at their kind of highlights, career highlights, pretty much every goal is just an absolute banked from the edge of the box or a volley or you know when he scored goals they were memorable i only picture him scoring a volley but it's, yeah. it's funny you mention his age because i likewise cannot imagine him looking young he just always seemed to look yeah good. which i quite like pablo and has got that now and i really appreciate it he looks like a baddie <laughs> from lethal weapon too and, um, <laughs> and he smokes i think as well that's another cult hero thing i think too, yeah i used to smoke do you smoke by any chance danny I don't smoke, no. Oh, really? You seem to like a lot of them. Yeah, well, that's because they're, they're it's cool. cool they're not... it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got another one. I've got another one for you. Um, this one is a goalkeeper. Is that the clue? Is that the first clue? That's your first clue. Peggy off No. Yeah. <laughs> You do listen, that. listen, don't complain, Holmesy, about the clues because you, you were the one who went straight in there, all right? So I'm having to I'm having to shorten these clues out. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah, no idea. Next, he came to the end of his career at the start of the noughties, so he, he kind of just qualifies, really. But he did play quite memorably in the 2002 World Cup, so that's why, for me, qualifies. Silence is really good on, on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things to aim for, I think. You, you've got to just insert like a scratching chin sort of noise. <laughs> I'm going to give you the one that gives it. Scored four goals to help his country qualify for the 2002 World Cup. Rene Higuita. Uh, uh, no, the, no uh, other one. Chile uh, Vare. You know what? Uh, I just was only thinking Premier League players. That was my... Yeah. And he smokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's what it's um, about. I think you've got to add in a keeper who is one of only two keepers to have ever scored a hat-trick in professional football, which is yeah. three, three, three pens in a game. But, I mean, for me, when I was just thinking about cult hero status, he's Who's got to be in keeper? there. Ruggiero Chennai does it for Brazil, yeah, doesn't he? That guy. Which, yeah, yeah a goal-scoring keeper is very good. Just seeing him, if, taking free kicks and penalties, if it goes wrong, just seeing him scamper back is always very, very nice. Keeper taking a free kick or... When the goalie gets sent off and the defender has to go in goal, yes, instant instant call hero status. No matter what you've done. Okay, I've got one more for you. I think this is the hardest of the bunch, by the way. So if you get this, this was suggested to be by a friend who supports the team. And when he, I was like, oh yeah, that's actually a good call. But I think this is really difficult. But spent pretty much the whole of the noughties at one club, where he got sent off on his debut against South End. So that'll give you a clue of the kind of. The kind level of, we're talking about. The kind of level we're talking about here. I'll just bring up my list of players to be sent off against Southend. Yeah. Can I ask an important question? Does he smoke? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he got sent off. Uh, so sparked up halfway through the game. Okay, your next clue, and it did do get a little bit easier. Captained his club to back-to-back promotions in 2004 and 2005. This should, this should be sending you on the right track now. I can't think of his bloody name. Um, not Ian Ashby, is it? But is it a whole guy? It's Ian Ashby, yeah. Oh, it is Ian Ashby, yeah. yeah that is a great show. show Jose. Great Fair show. Play. In terms of cult hero status, you know, he captained them through all the leagues from bottom to top. Three promotions, and he captained them in all four divisions as well. And he scored a goal that took them to League One, that first promotion. So, I mean, he's. Rich, can I stop you, mate? I have to say, I don't know who your mate is. I don't know what he looks like or how hard he is, but I might have to fight him, you know. Get him on next week, because that's not cult <laughs> hero. That's club legend. Yes. 
sticking around the fourth division to the Premier League, scored the winners to take him up. That's not cool here. That's absolute bona fide legend status. Well, he also said he was cult hero. He came back from a really serious injury, like where they almost had to rebuild part of his body. And I'm not sure which one it was. I don't want to speculate. But came back from that to also then captain them in the Premier League. So I do know what you're saying, though, on the club legend cult hero. But there can be a little bit of... There's a bit of overlap there, right? I thought Nicky Barnby was the only legend at Hull anyway. (laughs) So it's fair enough. Imagine winning six Oscars and then being called a cult film. Yeah, like, that's yeah. essentially what this is. You're not having it? No, no, not for me. He's gonna be fuming, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Richard's mate. All right, it's called Colin. Sounds hard. <laughs> okay, we had lots of suggestions that came in as well. Well, I think Mark, it pains me to say, but I think Holmes, you were actually the winner of uh, the, the Who Are My Little section there. So, You're congratulations. Something you can dine out on for the rest of your life. I don't think you you should get a point for Ashby if he's just ruled him out as a cult hero. That's it. You you get rid of that. Yeah, is he he part of the quiz? It's a fair question. (laughs) Um, We have lots of suggestions from uh, Twitter as well. Uh, Lots of things that came in. Michael, who suggested Thomas Repka, probably the angriest footballer to ever grace Upton Park. Again, bit bit of unhinged. That's good. Diego Forlan was suggested as well, Danny. So you were suggesting that. You You think he fits into there? Sort of at United, but like he's too, he's went on to be too good, so therefore it just looked like if he'd have gone on and been rubbish throughout his career and he'd have done that yeah. at United, you'd have just been like, Oh, yeah. But the fact that he was just good suggests that he was just shit for United, and then that's just that hasn't worked <laughs> out, and that's not a cult. Kane suggested Jermaine Pennant is my personal favorite, seemed to always be at great teams, and no one quite knew why. Well, I think we, we had him at Stoke, he was a great player. Bit of a not bad, but he's a great player. I'm not sure well, that's you... when he was referencing the great teams, Mark. I think that was some, <laughs> some oh, of the other ones. <laughs> no, no, but he was a good player. I could see why why he considered ranks at Arsenal. He scored that trip, didn't he, against Southampton? Um, he, he was still half court that day as well, which is um, quite impressive. Again, if you play foot, professional football with an ankle tag on, I think you're. Um, that probably adds to people's state. If you've got well, to get subbed off before half time, you need to get home before you break your curfew. <laughs> yeah. um, other suggestions we've already had uh, one Egyptian striker, uh, Zaki as well, who uh, played for Wigan and Egypt, was suggested by uh, Finlay. Um, he didn't return from Egypt after an international. Steve Bruce labelled him the most unprofessional player he'd ever worked with, which is saying something, right? <laughs> Surely Bruce played with some guys at United that uh, liked Kane in, in the 90s. What was Zaki up to? Like, he must have been absolutely going for it. I imagine though, in the 90s, it's like, you give it on the, th- on the Friday night, but you're also fine on a Saturday. They could do both sides of the game. We really haven't touched much on this, but, you know, Okocha was mentioned, Campo, which we touched on as well. But I think one of the things when you're talking about cult hero status is actually to make an unfashionable club feel more fashionable. You know, it's easy to do it at a big club, right? But to do it at Bolton, we've got to give a mention to those players. Yeah, the flair players at the average team um, that are just so clearly above everybody else. I would agree that that's a cult hero. Christoph Dugary at at Birmingham was one who I'd forgotten I was going to say him. But like the ones that that, like do it for a bit and then they sign them on permanent deals and then they're absolutely shy after that. (laughs) That was kind of Dugri. He kept them up on loan and I think he only scored one more goal or two more goals and he signed permanently. There's a great story about Dugri turning up for a pre-season training with Birmingham. I think they're getting a flight to like a a camp abroad and um, all the players are in like club tracksuits and he's there and he rocks up in his jeans and his shirt just dressed normally. And I think Steve Bruce asked him like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm the best player. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can't argue with that. So fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Steve Marbrank was a suggestion that came in. Yeah, so Tony Blair once name-checked him in an interview as one of his favourite players. So uh, yeah, that, that that definitely counts. Was the other one Arjan Dezou? <laughs> yeah. It was, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Remember, I, rem- I think I remember that interview. <laughs> <laughs> Dizayu now, like, don't he work as a spy or something in, back in Holland? Who He's got enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, does he? <laughs> uh, okay, before we get on to uh, football fact, football fiction, is there any other ones that you want to throw in that we feel we've missed off the list here that deserve a little nod, a little mention? A couple that haven't been mentioned. John Arnaurisa just grabbing a dead-hard shot and trying it all the time. 
Gary Doherty uh, at Tottenham, who yeah, we had yeah. an article on a while back, and it, it went down really, really well. But he he got nicknamed the Ginger Pele, didn't he? Um, I think another cool sort of thing with him as well is that he, he played up front and centre back, I think, which is a really yeah. nice little twist. I think Dion Dublin did it, Dion didn't Dublin. he? Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris Sutton might have done it a little bit. Paul Warhurst was another one. But yeah, that, that's a classic sort of jack of all trades, master of none, I guess it's fair to say. <laughs> Do you think Risa would have been known as a cult hero if he hadn't broke Smith's leg? Or if Smith's leg hadn't broke? No, I don't seriously. know if that added to the appeal in Liverpool or not, to be honest, but it was, yeah. That says something, you, you hit a shot so hard that it breaks someone's leg. There's a, there's a great clip as well of an, a bit of an American commentary when he, he goes to shoot and the American guy says, Release the Kraken! Apologies for the <laughs> action, boy. When you're bringing out Clash of the Titans references for football, that's when you know. <laughs> so uh, that's that's pretty much all our suggestions for cult heroes of course if you've got any you can get in touch as well with us on twitter let us know uh, contact at planetfootball.com is the way you can get involved as well and you know if there are any ones that we've missed off uh, then we're happy to uh, to step back and apologize and mention them at the start of next week's podcast as well we will finish off with the first time this series with a bit of football fact football fiction cult hero style uh, where today rob uh, Holmesy, and danny all have a statement to make about uh, uh, footballing cult heroes but only one of them is true the other are totally made up let's see if we can work out which is the fact from the fiction we will start with Rob today so going back to Gary Doherty who was very much fell into the category of a cult hero despite kind of being a little bit rubbish Uh, after he left Tottenham he ended up at Norwich and some Norwich fans got so annoyed by him a local grime artist wrote a 15 minute uh, this sounds like my dad's written it, but a 15-minute swear-laden rap. Um, I think that's how my dad describes grime, swear-laden. Um, but yeah, some local grime artist wrote a 15-minute swear-laden rap about him. Just say swear-laden again. Just, it, was, uh, it, was swear-laden. So ungr- it was the least grime rap thing I've ever heard in my life. So uh, that's why. Okay, so they, they were that... What had annoyed them so much? Just his general lack of footballing ability I think I think at Tottenham he could kind of get away with it because he was surrounded by better players whereas at Norwich they weren't having quite as good a time to be honest it's that swear laden I can't actually read you the lyrics but let's just say <laughs> it, it wasn't the ginger pele it was named after I say that right. of course uh, Norwich is the grime capital of the UK as well isn't it <laughs> as far as I know yeah <laughs> uh, Danny what have you got uh, it's a. Uh, it's about um, Ben Jarney. This one, one the uh, one we mentioned before. Uh, fact or fiction? Harry Redknapp had a serious falling out with Ben Jarney after mistakenly thinking he put uh, a, a kid's Range Rover car in his office. There was a thing that went around the Portsmouth training ground that Harry Redknapp used to spend all his money on Range Rovers. So like he'd buy like three a year. He'd just buy them until he could wind the windows down on Sky <laughs> transfers, I imagine. So uh, the Ben Johnny bought, uh, you know, the ones that the, the battery operated ones that the kids ride on, and he left it in his office and said, "Oh, boss, I bought you this because I know you like buying them so much." And uh, Redknapp was fuming apparently, and they had a big bust up about it. Why would you be fuming about that? You just take it and give it to a kid, wouldn't you? Well, the Redknapp hasn't got it. I mean, his dog couldn't fit in it. So, uh, so that's that's where all his obviously he didn't like so. his persona either, did he? Redneck, you know, I'm not a fucking wheeler dealer, so I think he probably thinks it's, it's yeah, you know, he's taking a piss a little bit again. Just going back to that previous January transfer window, he signed four players from Tottenham that year, <laughs> yeah. so three of them was crunch car <laughs> <laughs> during this during this bust up between Harry Redknapp and Ben Jarney. Was it quite was it quite swear laden or or what? Very <laughs> um, he referenced some uh, some grime song from Norwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Hobbsy, what have you got? Um, you've already kind of had the context to this one. Me do obviously like to like to bite to eat, like his food. And do you remember on Soccer AM? I don't know if they still do it, but Cammy used to go if they were you know they had a, a game. He'd, they'd go to him in the stadium and he'd sort of do a bit of a tour inside the changing rooms and stuff. They had Middlesbrough on one week. And he goes inside the change room and they've got, you know, all the gear laid out, all the looks laid, everything. Got all the fridges there. And then next to the fridge, there's a separate fridge, just a big writing on it saying Mido's Fridge. <laughs> and it's a fridge purely for Mido. It doesn't sound very believable, but I so want it to be true. Mido's <laughs> Fridge. You know, when you go to uni and, you know, the first week of horse, 
everyone's just putting the stuff in the cupboards, it's fine. And then after a week, you know, someone's stealing your butter and leaving crumbs and it, you know, your, your crisps are going down like belly. And you just think, I'm going to have to label stuff. I need to mark my territory. Well, that's me, though. He's thinking, stay away from me, Snickers, lads. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your own fridge. This is for me. Did, did Mido travel with his fridge? Did he sort of take it to wherever no, he went? In residence. Permanent residence. So yeah. that, that was maybe specified in, maybe that's why it took a while to get him on a permanent deal. They had to sort of work yeah, out. That, that was one of the clauses, yeah. <laughs> so we've either got a swear-laden grime rap about Gary Doherty, which is, I'm almost certain, a sentence which has never been said before <laughs> on planet Earth. Benjani having a bust up with Harry Redknapp over a kid's uh, Range Rover left in his office, or Mido having his own fridge. Purely on the basis that I want it to be true more than any other one, I am going to go to the grime centre of the UK, to Norwich, just because if it's true, maybe we can even hear some of it. I'm afraid it's actually the complete opposite. So an indie punk band called We Can't Dance, which is a very, very naughty indie band name, uh, released a single in praise of Gary Do- Do- uh, Doherty in 2009. And there's a quote from the frontman here, which I really, really like. All the papers were giving Gary Doherty rubbish, but he's one of my favourite players, which is a perfect cult hero summation, I think. Uh, he's got his own song. He has got his own song. It just wasn't grime and it wasn't in Norwich. Okay, well, in that case, which one is it? Is it Mido's Fridge? Please let it be Mido's Fridge. Or is it Benjani's Range Rover? You're going to have another guess? Mido's fridge. You're right. No oh, way! That's oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Producer Pete told me that, obviously, being a Borough fan. I don't know if he actually, if Cammy actually opened it up to have a look inside. I'd love to know what's he's doing in that fridge. I think I'm going to do that in my own house so my kids can't <laughs> go anywhere near as well. Uh, that's great. There you go. Uh, Mido had his own fridge on Football Fact, Football Fiction. Now, this episode was brought to you uh, by our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and take advantage of their seven-day £500 money-back guarantee. T's and C's available online. And if you get a moment, check out begambleaware.co.uk. Thank you to you if you subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't, please do. You'll get it every single week. Uh, We appreciate your ratings and reviews, which are very kind and uh, very helpful. So thanks for doing that. And you can contact us. It is contact at planetfootball.com if you want to be a part of things here at the Broken Metatar. So before we go, I'm going to ask you one question and one question only. We've mentioned a load of cult heroes today. I'm going to ask you to pick your favourite one from all of them just before we go starting with Rob who and why uh, it's going to have to be Andy Hughes sorry he's, he's, he's my boy Andy Hughes is fucking brilliant I've got the tattoo on my back and it's going <laughs> to be there forever Danny Hoover who's it for you I've pivoted and I'm going to go with Jimmy Bullard after after everything that's been said there and the fact that I remembered that he's a carp fisherman and I love a bit of fishing myself so I'm going with Bullard and Mark well, I was going to say Bullard, so I'll choose one of the other lads. Um, Sorry, man. I'm just trying to think who was said, because I'm a, I'm a good lad like that. I think Bartes was, was a great shout. Lots of uh, reason to love him. Smoking in particular, I think we've established this. <laughs> primary cause to be a cult hero. So by the end of this podcast, you've swapped cult heroes over. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I just didn't really want to say my own, like because yeah. I said it before. I like you two swapped and like Rob was like proper laser. I'm sticking with my choice. I'm not going anywhere. I've already forgotten what we talked about to be honest. I'm in front of me. And on that note, uh, we will see you on the next episode of the Broken Metatarsal. Cheers, chaps. Thank you. Cheers, lads.